Welcome back to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jesse Friedman from Voices for the Voiceless, filling in for Tom Brown. And today we are talking about the student pro-life movement. So if you were with us before, you just heard uh, Sadie and Ryan, two of our Exposures photojournalists, talk about uh, this project. But in fact, Exposures is not the only project uh, that Voices for the Voiceless runs. So I'm here with Josiah again, the CEO of the organization. Josiah, what are some of the other projects that Voices for the Voiceless is doing? Voices for the Voiceless runs projects in music, writing, technology, and photojournalism right now, the photojournalism one being exposures, which you've just heard. And what all of these projects do is they work towards beginning a new conversation about abortion. They begin by uh, talking about how abortion has affected us. And when you think about it, that's a brand new conversation. It's something that in our culture, most people don't talk about. A lot of times, both sides will talk in length about how they want abortion to affect people either way, you know, however, uh, whatever your view is on the subject. But um, a generation that actively pursues knowledge about how abortion really affects people and then uh, uses those stories and those truths to begin building beautiful things and making beautiful things. That's what we're all about at Voices for the Voiceless. And that's why we're able to to put to work so many talented young people in so many different, uh, so many different ways. Uh, we have our, our music project is called Unsung. It's where we find talented musicians from across the state of Arizona, a lot of them who are up and coming. They may be uh, in hip hop uh, or uh, even more orchestral genres. And we put them to work and we, we ask them to, to write a song, write a song about how abortion has affected you or society or your generation. And we want you to perform it in the midst of a, a lot of the other songs that you perform on a stage that will provide you in the middle of, uh, you know, 100 people. They'll be looking on just, you know, as they go and they pass by on their day. We've done it at the first Friday Art Walk when it was really busy before. And it really gets people talking. We're creating culture that way. So that's one example. We also have a, a writing project. We have writers who are writing a book about uh, kind of our vision and our generation for the pro-life movement and how we, uh, how we take the torch and, and move forward and seize the opportunities that we have. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's what we're doing. That's, that's just an example. And then you know about exposures uh, already. So. Yeah, that's what we do. And as a quick reminder, you can access the stories from the Exposures Project by visiting our website at vftv.org. Also, Sadie and Ryan did mention that we have an Instagram. Uh, You can find that at at Exposures Project. So we talked about stories. We talked about exposing the stories of our generation. That's really what we're mainly about here at Voices for the Voiceless. Um, So as pro-life advocates... Why is it important for the pro-life movement in general to be able to tell the stories of how abortion has affected them personally? In general, it's important because it, uh, it's, a show, it's a show of credibility in a sense that you can speak to something because you've, you've been affected by it. You're not nearly as effective an advocate as you otherwise could be uh, unless you have a story to tell. I think specifically, though, for, for our generation, which has been uh, looked at as, you know, for a, 
for a lot of years as um, kind of a vulnerable population, which, which we are. About 50% of the women who get abortions in the state of Arizona are between the ages of 13 and 24. Hmm. That's young women our age. We are, we are in the vulnerable population. We've also been looked at as the energy of the pro-life movement, uh, as kind of the hands and feet for all the different uh, great pro-life projects that are going on in our state. But never before have we really been looked at as influencers. And I think that's where Voices for the Voiceless is taking the next step and realizing the importance of, of storytelling. And at, at Voices for the Voiceless, what we do is we tell young people that they are uniquely qualified not to just step into this movement and to uh, take their time, learn the ropes, sweep the floors. The, you know, sometimes those are good things and you learn by that. But we tell them we need you because we need you to lead because you have a story to tell. 22% of our generation was aborted. We are the 78%. We've all been affected by this. And we need you to come alongside us and tell the story in the best way that you know how with the talents that you've been given. That's what we want young people in our movement to do. That's what we challenge them to do. And the reason is because we are the generation that has survived abortion. We're missing friends. We're missing uh, we're missing relatives. We're missing brothers and sisters. We're missing world changers, people who would have come into our world and invented things alongside with us and changed our world for the better. We're missing all that because of abortion. At the same time in, in our generation, abortion is a means by which men can have free sex, right? It, they, they get sex and no consequences, and it means that young men in my generation are not likely to be responsible because the, uh, you know, the wrong story is being told to them. And it means that young women are, are being taken advantage of and they don't know that there's help because of the wrong stories are, are being told to them. And we want to mobilize young people like us to be able to tell their story of how, of how abortion has affected them. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jesse Friedman here filling in for Tom Brown, and we are talking about the student pro-life movement. So we're talking about uh, stories, about the power of stories uh, in our culture and impacting our culture. Um, and as you just mentioned, it's, it's very important for you as a pro-life advocate to be able to tell the story of how abortion has affected you. Maybe, maybe you've been affected in a very direct way. Maybe you've been affected because you're a member of the generation uh, that 22% is not here because of abortion. So no matter what your story is, you you should be equipped to be able to tell it. Um, and so, Josiah, I know uh, you personally have a powerful story about how abortion has affected you. Um, so I'd like to give you the opportunity to, uh, to tell that story. Well, here it goes. Um, I had been involved in the pro-life movement for a few years, I think, before I realized how powerful storytelling and the stories that we have as members of the 78 percent have to tell, how powerful they are. And I realized that when this happened. Um, The bravest woman I know came to me and uh, she sat me down in a room and she told me this story. There once was a woman who grew up in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, which is a it's a small town northeast of Minneapolis. 
Uh, she lived on a road called – it was called McKnight Road, <laughs> whose most prevalent feature is perhaps the startling lack of fences and walls. Um, <laughs> it's hard to tell where one person's yard begins and another person's yard uh, ends. It's uh, it's a community feel uh, like uh, like you'd never see anywhere else. Everybody knows every, uh, everybody else, and uh, family is everything. She was the youngest of five children, a daughter – of an honorable yet stern uh, World War II vet and of the sweetest woman in the world who was a pious Catholic to the core. Um, Their tight-knit family uh, religiously attended Mass. They were Catholics. And uh, from first grade, she was enrolled at the St. Pius Parish School, which had a little jingle she likes to say that goes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all good children go to heaven. When they get there, they repeat, St. Pius can't be beat. (laughs) How's that for a slogan? That's great. Her childhood was good, you know. Um, Her dad took her for nights on the town. He'd order a beer for himself and uh, and one for her so she could pour salt in the glass and watch it explode. Um, And uh, and it was great. She loved her daddy. But at the same time, you know, he he could be stern. He could be stubborn and, and sometimes pretty judgmental and hard to approach about things. And when high school came at the height of the student protests uh, about the controversial Vietnam War, um, she lost a lot of those moral convictions of her, of her childhood. And uh, long story short, uh, she ended up getting pregnant. She got in a relationship, uh, didn't have really those convictions anymore, and really didn't want to tell her daddy what had happened. So she went to her sister, and, and she told her, and, uh, and she went to a Planned Parenthood clinic. And the Planned Parenthood re- referred her to a, a hospital where she could uh, discreetly get an abortion and hopefully he would never have to know. Uh, it so happened that, uh, that as she was, uh, she, she was on her way to the clinic and, uh, and her, her boyfriend drove her there and, uh, and walked, her, walked her into the hospital. And as she was about to get into the elevator to go on to... Um, the floor where she was going to have the abortion, uh, she stepped into the elevator. And uh, the young man that was with her uh, looked at her as the elevator doors were, were closing and said, no, we can do it. We can do this. I'll stay with you. Hmm. We can do this. But the elevator doors closed. And she went up a few, uh, few stories, had the abortion, and her father never found out. But that was the end of that relationship with that boy, and it was the end of the life that was inside her. Wow. And as this woman, the bravest woman I know, my mom, told me this story about the time that she was 19, um, it, was, it was hard to take. For a few years, I had been telling my peers all over the Southwest you have a story to tell. Come with me and let's change the world because abortion has impacted us and we need to end it. We need to end it. And that moment enabled me to see for the, for the first time in, in all its detail why I needed to stand up for the unborn, you know? Yeah. 22% of my family was aborted. I have an older brother who is in no way particularly different from me who I'll never get to meet. 
And that's why we need to stand up for the unborn. That's why we need to have help young men take courage and stand by her. That's why we need to give young women the opportunity to know all the information. That's why we need to fight this fight because 22% of our generation was aborted. We have these stories to tell. And at Voices for the Voiceless, we want to equip young people to do what God made them to do and to do it to end abortion with these stories. Wow, what an impactful story. We encourage you to know your story and be able to tell it to the culture around you. You are listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jesse Friedman from Voices for the Voiceless, filling in for Tom Brown today. And we will be back in just a few minutes.